This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about Pad Thai. And again, why has it taken us so long to do this episode? I'm so excited for this. I have so much to say. I would be really excited for this if I were going to get to eat some, but I'm not. I know. Someday. Are you going to eat some I mean, I'm not going to eat some today. I didn't make any like before the episode, but I'm going to make some very soon. Okay. Okay. Like tonight? Uh, later this week. You know, I have to come over to your house to pick something up later today. You could make some pod thai. I couldn't and run because it I don't have me. I don't have one of the key ingredients that we'll get to. Oh, fine. Okay. All right. Well, let's start on memory <laughs> okay, no, lane. Since this, this show this show is about like fantasy and wish fulfillment and uh, and eating vicariously. Yes, when you come over, I'm going to present you with uh, fresh from the walk pod thai. I was describing the the show to someone this morning, and um, I almost said, you know, it's a comedy podcast about food, but instead I said, it's a podcast about wish fulfillment. (laughs) (laughs) I have a hard time saying it right now. (laughs) 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 Yep. All right. Okay. Uh, Matthew, let's go down memory lane. Okay. Before we do that, I have an important update on something from a previous episode, which is we did a Cole Robby episode recently. And this week, there's going to be a purple kohlrabi in my CSA box. Oh, that is great news. I have really come to love kohlrabi. That is what this uh, CSA season has done for me. So this is my promise to you, Molly, and you, the listener. I'm going to keep updating you on this story. By next time we tape, I think I will have eaten the kohlrabi and you're going to hear about it. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Uh, I hope everybody follows Matthew on Twitter, where he'll be posting (laughs) bite-by-bite comments. That's (laughs) at Matthew Amster Burton on Twitter. That's not correct. It's at Mamster on Twitter, and that's where where I'll be live-tweeting my kohlrabi. (laughs) Okay. All right. Fine. At Mamster. (laughs) Okay. Whatever. Okay. Uh, You know, I'm going to start on memory lane. Please do. My memory lane is very short, all right? I think growing up, I never had pad thai. Um, In fact, I think, I mean, I remember the first Thai food that I remember having. (laughs) 
See okay. How I, I remember the first Thai food that I remember having. And it was at, I believe, um, Taste of Siam on 23rd okay. in Oklahoma City, right near where we stayed on our corporate retreat in 2019. Oh, so near somewhere near Pony Boy Bar, which probably didn't yes. exist at the time. That's correct. And I remember, uh, I remember that was the first place I ever had Thai food, but I don't think I had Pad Thai. And there's that. Yeah. And then I moved to Seattle and I remember when this Thai restaurant called May opened on 45th in Wallingford. It's yeah, also was, on, on Vashon. It was kind of a big deal restaurant opening, largely because they had an amazing building and like yes. decor. Yes, they had brought in, I don't know if it's like the remnants of like a temple or, or what, but it is this beautiful carved wood storefront uh, that they brought in from Thailand. One of the things that they are known for, aside from just having very good food in general, is their pad thai, which is one of their signatures. And uh, they serve it on a banana leaf, right? Yeah, and with a banana blossom as an edible garnish. Oh, right. Yes. And I remember the very first time I ate there, they mixed it up table side, which I don't think they do anymore. Oh, I remember that too. I think I reviewed this place for the Seattle Times when it opened. Maybe that's even how I learned about it, Matthew. Oh, that's possible. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it, it now seems to me, I mean, are there still places that are doing things table side like oh. uh, Caesar salad or guacamole or bananas foster? I mean, right now, <laughs> probably and I probably hope not, not. but uh, in the future and like within the last six months, I think yes. I think that we should bring back the table side cooking. Well, and, and flambéing especially. I know we've talked about this a lot, uh, especially on that banana episode where we ate bananas foster. But like they're it's so good. The, the, the flambé pendulum has, has swung too far in the other direction, I think. It absolutely has. Bring it back at least a little bit this way. Right. So like let the flames begin. <laughs> Wait, Matthew. Say. Hold on. Wait a minute. The, this is this is a bit of a tangent. Okay. But- I, I've been going. Oh, not through, on this show. We don't. <laughs> I've been having a bit of the the COVID blues this week. Sure, like it, it, the the pendulum has swung back toward the blues for me this week. You know the COVID pendulum. Yes, I know. God, as you as we were just talking about tableside cooking, I remembered when you and I went out and had uh, Korean barbecue for I lunch. I know. Only, my God, was it even six months ago? It, I, it was less than six months ago, I think. That may have been like the last time we went out for lunch. Oh, my God, I miss it so much. Do you remember all that all that meat we ate? And then there was still so much left over. There was oh, still was so, so much meat left over. It was so good. And and all the, uh, oh, my God, the kimchi and the, oh, God, it was so smoky in there. Yep. Mm. I mean, right over the flames. Yeah, that, yes. <laughs> I mean, it was very well ventilated in there. Yeah, that was uh, that was sort of an inverted flambe experience in that the flames were under the food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I missed that. I know. Okay, someday you and I are going to be able to go for an inverted flambe again, I promise. Someday we might be able to eat a meal together again. <sighs> okay. Okay, so, take me down your memory lane. Um, I think I probably had pod thai once or twice as a kid. The, the Our local Thai place in Portland was called Terra Thai House, I think. But I really remember having it in uh, in Claremont. Well, actually, I think it, the restaurant was in Pomona, technically. The, the Thai Cafe in Pomona when I was in college. 
Uh, but I didn't really get obsessed with Pod Thai until 1996. And I wrote I on the agenda. Nostalgia trip coming Q47 minute 90s nostalgia trip. Uh, so there was this Thai restaurant on Broadway in Seattle that we lived very, very close to called Siam on Broadway. It closed in 2009. And from was it that long ago? I remember this, the, the front of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because like it closed and then I think Poppy is there now. Or, oh. Well, no, Poppy isn't there now because Poppy closed. No, Poppy's um, gone. Uh, that Italian place is there now. Um, that Italian place. Yes. That's meaningful to me. Altura? Nope. It's called Corello. Okay. And they've also been doing uh, uh, burgers outside the restaurant from Wednesday to Sunday. Very tasty. Oh, um, cool. Okay. Okay. So anyway, so yes, the point is Siam on Broadway closed in 2009. <laughs> So from 1996 to 2009, I definitely ate the pod thai at least once a week and sometimes twice. Really? So, I mean, you do the math, but... I don't think I eat anything that much. That must have been so good. I'm sad that I missed it. I love that stuff. So you can still get it. I'm not sure if you can get it now, but uh, in normal times, you could still get it at Siam on Lake Union, their sister restaurant. Okay. And it was the same. Do you ever order it now? I the I don't know. the can't think of the last time I went there, like a couple of years ago, but like whenever I find myself needing lunch on East Lake, that's where I would go. So yes. Okay. And it's great. Great. My standard order there was pod thai beef, four stars, lots of sauce, which which feels like a uh, very American way to order it. And it is. And the the sauce had tomato paste in it, which uh, tomato paste or ketchup is pretty common as an ingredient in American style pod thai. And it's not bad, but it's usually substituting for something that's better if you can get it, which you can. Okay. I'm with you. <laughs> okay. And uh, we'll, we'll get to that. I, well, what I was really thinking is, you know, the, the, the little ditty, nice work if you can get it and you can get it if you try or something. Is that, is that yeah. You can it, get it like, if you really want. It want. You can get it if you really want. If you just try, try and try, try and try, you'll succeed at last. Do, 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 what do, is that do, song do, from? Like a do, musical do, do, or something? I don't or, remember. What is that from? Okay, listeners. <laughs> Oh, no, that's Jimmy Cliff. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, my God, you can get it. Um, oh, my God, that whole album. What, uh, it's got pressure drop on it. Good Lord, we're going to figure this out. Is it? Is it the Harder They Come soundtrack? The Harder They Come! Yeah. Yes! Many Rivers to Cross, all the things. I loved that album. Have you seen I the movie? Believe- I haven't seen the movie. I, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty dark movie. It's about how, like, Jimmy Cliff tries to like make it uh, like go legitimate and make it in the music industry and it doesn't go well. But uh, mm. but it's, it's a good movie and the music is great, of course. I watched it in a Caribbean literature class that I took in college. Oh, fantastic. Wow. I was... There is so much stuff about Pod Thai that we need to talk about. <laughs> like, it, it, we, I might have to ra- I'm, I'm try and rein in the, uh, the I'm tangents. Scrolling, I'm scrolling through Jimmy Cliff's discography. Okay, you do that. I'll keep talking about Pod Thai. So, okay. um, yeah, so if we, if we do the math, like, how many weeks is it from 1996 to 2009? Uh, so that's like... 13 or well, 14 like 13, years. Yeah, times 52. So a bunch of, that's a lot of pot thai. And, it's, and it was like a big serving. I would eat it for for like two lunches or like dinner and a lunch. Where was Lori this whole time? I don't know if I if we'd met yet. I mean, we did get married in in, uh, in February of 96. <laughs> but, but maybe like, you hadn't mostly, met yet. Mostly I just remember like a lot of spicy noodles from this time. <laughs> okay. 
I, I think okay. she was like busy with some other stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's healthy in a marriage to have a certain period of time when you've never met your spouse before. <laughs> I'm not sure definitely. what it looks like, but I'm I'm working it out. Yeah, you, you got that from from like the John Gottman newsletter, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, like, the marriage minute. I right. get it. Gottman, I'm si- Gottman's I, I getting up. real weird um, <laughs> in quarantine and giving <laughs> advice that is not physically possible to follow. <laughs> <laughs> but by God, I am trying over yes. here. Okay. So so are we supposed to like pretend we never met? No, no. You have to actually <laughs> fall into some sort of time vortex. Okay, Matthew, let's get back to this. Okay. So, okay. So then, then after eating all of that Siam on Broadway pod thai, you actually went to Thailand. Yes. Uh, in I went in 2000 and 2001. Uh Thailand is great. If if we're ever able to travel again, I would like to go back. I hate the heat, but everything else about it was wonderful. So I ate pod thai from street vendors and at restaurants. I remember one that was wrapped, served wrapped in an omelet, which is the way some places mm. serve it, which is great. And it was awesome. And I loved that you could get pod thai on the street for sometimes like 75 cents. And then mm. I came back to Seattle and went back to my, uh, you know, extra saucy pod thai beef at uh, Siam on Broadway for a while. And I would periodically try and make it at home and it would never come out great. And it, I didn't really start to understand like what kind of dish it is and how to make it until the last few months when I started craving it a lot. Tell me, uh, hold on. Can we focus on the, the the street vendors? Yeah. So, did you find you know if you were someone uh, as you are who grew up, <laughs> I who knew I a, am someone. I I learned this from the John Gottman newsletter. <laughs> but your spouse is not someone <laughs> not, yet. Not yet. <laughs> but Matthew, hold on. <laughs> as someone, as an American who had grown up eating pad thai in the U.S. Yes. How was it to then have it at a street vendor? Could you even recognize it as the same dish? Yes, absolutely. So it reminded me, the pad thai that I had in Thailand reminded me of some of the pad thai that I'd had in the U.S. So the the things I would generalize and say are when you get it in Thailand, it is uh, much less likely, if ever, to have tomato paste or ketchup and more likely to be seasoned with tamarind paste. Mmm. Rather than scallions, it is more likely to have garlic chives. Other than that, it's a dish that sometimes gets represented well in Thai American restaurants and sometimes not. And there's all sorts of gradations. And even the overly sweet tomato-y American style, I still enjoy a lot. Me too. Let's be honest. I probably have never had anything but that. Well, someday when you can come to my house, you will. Okay. All right. So, Matthew, let's let's get to the heart of what this is, because I'm curious about what makes it... Or what's made it tricky for you to make in your home kitchen? Yeah, I, I'm so excited to talk about this. Pad Thai is a rice noodle stir fry with a sweet and sour sauce, eggs, and lots of tasty, flavorful bits. I like, think of this as very Matthew Amster Burton writing. Tasty, flavorful bits. Yeah, I am known, uh, like, if, if <laughs> I had to sum up tasty, my writing, for, yeah, if I had to sum up my personality, it would be lots of tasty, flavorful bits <laughs> once you get to know me. <laughs> Yeah. But at the first, at the beginning, it's just like a whole bunch of crunchy undercooked stuff. Yeah, that's true. Like I do present like a, a crunchy undercooked exterior. But once you <laughs> once you like crack through that, there's a lot of bits, yeah. more bits than you would expect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gross. 
Okay. All right. Go on. Again, like this this is advice that I got from from John Gottman. Like present your spouse with more bits than they would expect. I don't know what that means. Okay. Um, <laughs> Under promise and over deliver exactly. on the bits. Exactly. That's exactly right. Very important in a long-term relationship. Okay. Okay. If you've had pod thai that is too sweet, it is probably because they didn't use enough tamarind. And we'll get into what tamarind is and how to use it. But it it is a dish that I think is supposed to be very sweet and very sour. Mm. So when you see when you see them making it like at wow, did I go down a YouTube rabbit hole of watching videos of Thai street vendors uh, making pod Thai? They will cook use make up the uh, the seasonings add the seasonings as they go. Like just dip their their ladle into the sugar into the tamarind paste and and just make it as they go because they've made it many times. And you can see they always put in a lot of sugar and a lot of some kind of souring agent, usually tamarind. Mm, okay. Yum. Go on. Keep okay. talking. Right. Like, this, this is so pleasant. Can uh, can we talk about the history of Pad Thai? Because it Please. is odd. Please. I'm very curious about this. So there is, Thailand is a is a country with a, a long history and a, a you know proud history of, of never being colonized. And there are dishes that go back centuries uh, that are that are well documented in, in uh, Thai history. Pad Thai is not one of those. Pad Thai dates to the 1930s. And as far as I can tell, even though this story is kind of like there's a lot about it that's too good to be true, everyone seems to agree that it was promoted as a nationalist project by Field Marshal Pibun Songkram, who was the military dictator of Thailand from 1938 to 1944, and then again from 48 to 57. The recipe may have been developed by a cook in his house. Uh, mm. It's not clear. A lot of a lot of history seemed to suggest that that uh, the dictator personally came up with this noodle dish, which I definitely don't believe. But he definitely had a big part in promoting it. Wait, hold on. So yeah, tell tell me about it. Tell me about pad thai as a nationalist project. Right. So so. Thailand was a very different country after the the rule of of uh, Field Marshal Pibun. Um, you know, for one thing, he changed the name of the country from Siam to Thailand. Uh, mm. He did a okay. lot. He did a lot of things. Like you know, he was a, a hugely influential leader. Many, if not most, of the things he did were, were bad because he was a military dictator. But you know, it was the beginning of like the promotion of Thai food as a national cuisine and a source of national pride and unity. And Pad Thai was a big part of that because I read a a few articles about pad thai that we'll link to. Um, One of them was called Pad Thai is the Most Misunderstood Noodle by Pichaya Sudbantad in the morning news. And one was by um, Alexandra Greeley in Gastronomica called Finding Pad Thai. And she did an extensive interview with uh, Pibun Songkram's son. And in the article, she says, to help popularize the new noodle dish, the government supplied people with a basic recipe for pad thai, then encouraged vendors to make use of wheeled noodle carts like mobile cook stalls equipped with a heat source and compartments to hold ingredients and cooking utensils to sell the dish on Bangkok streets. And you can still see these exact style of noodle carts. Why doesn't our government do nice things like that? Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, why don't we supply people with recipes and encourage vendors to use certain kinds of noodle carts? I mean, instead, we're, I don't even want to talk about Yeah, I don't want to talk, like, of the things the federal government could send to our cities, yeah. this would be a why better thing. why don't you send some re- 
recipes. Yes. The blog She Simmers also has an amazing five-part series on Pod Thai. We'll link to that also. Okay. But yeah, so basically, like, this dish was unknown in Thailand, and then suddenly it was everywhere. And then, like, as as the promotion of Thai food internationally became a long-running project of the Thai government and, uh, you know, tourism board and stuff, suddenly it was everywhere in the world. Like I said, I watched a lot of YouTube videos. So I got to this point, like, a couple months ago where I was like, I really want to be eating Pad Thai more often. I don't want to be doing a ton of takeout. Like, I need to get back into making this at home and figure out what I'm doing wrong. Because when I make it, like, the noodles would all clump together or, like, the eggs would be overcooked or it would be too, like, sl- you know, uh, soggy or dry. And, like, it was what? never uh, quite what I was looking for. Was there a time in the past when you had really dialed in your Pad Thai and then you just sort of like, you know, stopped making it. Okay, so you always were a subpar pod thai maker. I was always a subpar pod thai maker. I didn't really get, until watching it this time around, like two, I like two aha moments. One is that when you watch street vendors make it in Bangkok, there are a couple of different styles and that kind of fall on a continuum. And there is like a dry style where they are like cooking it really hot and like cooking the moisture out really fast from the sauce. But there's also, and possibly more common, like a wet style where you're making a large amount at once and it's as much of a stew as a stir fry. Really? Yeah. So there's so a lot of sauce going liquid. in. It's that liquid. Yeah. So, so you see like the noodles swimming in liquid and like they'll, you, you can, there's a video I watched where they cracked like two dozen eggs into this huge wok. And so there's like a huge amount of liquid going Going on, but it cooks down into something, you know, that's slurpable. Wow. And so I'm like, okay, it's okay. Like, I don't have to keep everything moving super fast, you know, like a, a quick stir fry in order to make this dish good. And probably, in fact, like the, the like juicy, saucy pod thai that I used to enjoy at Siamon Broadway was probably made in a more like wet style. Okay. I don't think I've ever had that. I think I've only had more of like a slick, mm-hmm. uh, you know, noodle slicked with sauce kind of style. Yes. And the other thing I learned, um, and this was really like, uh, you know, brought home for me after I was after I read uh, the series by Leela on She Simmers, is that unlike, you know, I think especially like in Western cooking and especially like in American recipe writing, there is this sense that if you get the perfect recipe for something, then you'll be able to make it right on the first try. And like, you know, that's that's sort of like the Cook's Illustrated model, right? I would say that is the general promise of American cookbooks. Yeah, well, Pod Thai is not like that. Okay. And the reason is, in order to make a great Pod Thai, you have to get the noodles to the right texture. Like if they're overcooked and uh, and you know soggy, it's going to suck. If they're undercooked and chewy, it's going to suck. The, the noodle texture is the whole dish. And in order to do that, you have to practice. Like you have to know what's going to happen when you know, you've soaked the noodles for a certain amount of time. Then you're going to be adding liquid in the form of sauce and eggs. You're going to be cooking it for a certain amount of time. And the noodles need to come out at the right texture when you're when you're done. And no recipe can begin to control for all of the variables there. Like Th- this sounds a lot like an omelet, like learning to make a good omelet. It is like learning to make a good omelet. Like your first omelet is gonna be bad. And your first Probably pot your tie. First, yeah. Your first dozen omelet. Dozen omelet. 
your first dozen omelet are going to be very bad. I am really <laughs> losing my ability to speak. No, no, your it's first okay, Jar Jar. Are like be our, bad. Guest, our guest this week is Jar Jar Binks. Like, it is such an <laughs> honor to have you from, uh, I'm going to say my favorite movie, The Phantom Menace. I, I, I'm Jar Jar Binks, and I love Pad Thai. <laughs> it sounded like you're going to say I'm Jar Jar Binks, and I endorse this message. I approve this message. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, no, I I think that when people make omelets, they are told, like, prepare for tears, prepare for frustration. This is going to be a disaster. It's all in the flick of the wrist. No, it's all in the heat of the pan. It's all in the amount of butter you use. No, it's all in mastering all of it. Right. Anybody who is willing to, like, put in the time and the tears to, like, make a couple dozen shitty omelets is going to learn how to make good omelets. It's not a skill that's difficult. It's just a skill that you have to practice. And pad thai is the same thing. Okay. Okay. And so I love this. Like my first couple, not very good. By the third time, I was like, okay, like I'm getting there. And so it was less about the proportion of ingredients in the sauce and more about the actual technique. Right. Uh, when, when you say that the, the first attempts were not very good, it wasn't about the seasoning. It wasn't about the seasoning, although one thing I did wrong was that uh, like in my, in my eagerness to like make some pod thai as quickly as possible, I bought some pod thai sauce in a jar at QFC. No flavor at all. Don't do that. <laughs> Hot tip. That is a hot tip. Um, Great. Yeah. So I I found this so interesting once I realized like what had happened and uh, that like it's okay for there to be a dish that you're not going to get right on the first try. I find this idea sort of liberating. Yeah. There is something really nice about there is a lot of freedom in pessimism. Yes, there is. Like and I don't know. Yeah. Like I love, I love low, low expectations. Like when it comes to like the amount of bits you're going to be presenting to your spouse or, (laughs) or like the texture of your noodle. I feel like I'm presenting very few bits to my spouse right now. I'm just, uh, I'm in a a, a bitless time. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Um, Something about eight bit and 16 bit. Never mind consoles. Okay. Okay. All right, go on. Um, So the recipe that I've been making, which we will link to, producer Abby is going to be pulling so many links for this show, is from uh, Pai Lin has a YouTube channel called Hot Thai Kitchen. Her pod thai recipe is the place to go. How did you choose it? I chose it after watching a bunch of videos and like a, a lot of the videos I watched were not recipes. They were just like, let's see how this this cook in Thailand makes their pod thai. Uh, but this was the best of the recipe videos that I watched. You know, once I saw it, I was like, okay, like this uh, this person like is is telling me what I need to know about the ingredients and like, you know, about the technique and how to like make, make extra sauce and like have it ready for next time. And her recipe is so... The recipe is like four pages long when you print it out, but most of it is like getting you like in the right... Bolstering your courage. It's bolstering your courage and your pantry. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got, you can borrow appliances. Like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it, no charge. <laughs> uh-huh, so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post-meeting drink. You can bring your pet 
Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have, like, a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, so, like, a whole closet system where I can really, like, unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then, and this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. How about this? How about if we drop in an interview segment of a little chat that I had with Pai Lin from Hot Thai Kitchen and the YouTube channel Pai Lin's Kitchen? Ooh, let's do it. So did you grow up eating pod thai? Yes. However, not as often as one might think. Yeah, I know, like, like in America, of course, like in North America, like it's become sort of synonymous with Thai food and, and given like, you know, elevated to a level that I assume it's not not quite as dominant in Thailand. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like if you were to want Pad Thai, you'd actually have to look for it. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can just walk down any street, go to any restaurant and have it like you'd have to know where offers pad thai before you go you know what i mean it's oh, that yeah, yeah. kind of thing it's not that it's hard to find it's not but it's also not anywhere either right i've been to thailand a couple of times but it was a long time ago but i remember like that restaurants specialize in thailand much more like you know you go to a thai restaurant in north america and like you know every thai dish from from every region is on the menu and that's mm-hmm. not not what I found when I went to Thailand, and it was uh, it was much more satisfying to go into a place that specialized in a particular dish. Yeah, totally. And you know what, pad thai is one of those things that even in Thailand, it's hard to find a really good one. It's not an easy dish to make well. Yes. Okay. Yeah. This is something I want to talk to you about. So, um, let's let's just jump right into this because I'm so okay. interested. Like I, you know, when. You know, we got into quarantine and like I found myself really missing pad thai because it was one of my favorite takeout dishes and we weren't doing much takeout. And I'm like, okay, I've made this a couple times before. It didn't Mm -hmm. come out very well. And I'm going to like really like uh, try and get good at this. And I found that it really took some practice. Like I'm super happy with the pad thai that I'm making now. But uh, the thing that I found took the most practice was getting the noodle texture right. Yes. Yes. That's the biggest thing that most people find is the problem. Yeah. So how do you, how do you suggest that we, we approach this when, when we're learning to make this dish? So I think the texture, the biggest issue is it's too mushy. Yes. Right. That's the big thing. And, and I think my biggest suggestion is don't boil the noodles. And as if you've seen my video, you know that I don't boil the noodles. I soak and then take the soaked noodles right into the pan. And then you add just enough liquid in the sauce to cook the noodles. What a lot of people do, though, is they'll buy the noodles, they'll follow the package instructions and boil it. And then they drain it, put it in the pan. By that time, the noodles completely saturated with water. Then you add sauce 
And most people's also, uh, the stove is not very strong at home. Yeah. And so the noodles are sitting there sort of simmering and stewing in all that liquid. And then it's soggy, right? So if you can avoid um, boiling the noodles, and you know what? It's so much easier too, right? Like you don't have to boil yeah. a pot of water. You just soak, throw it in, add the right amount of sauce. And then what might happen in that case is the noodles become a little too chewy, but that's okay because that's an easy problem to solve. You just add a little bit more water, cook it a little longer. It's the other problem that you can't fix. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing the thing that I found so interesting as I was learning to make it was that, uh, you know, there, unlike with some stir fry dishes, there's really like an opportunity to like pause and reflect and say, okay, yes. my noodles are not quite where they need to be. Like all they need is a little more water and more time and it's going to come out fine. Yes. And I will add also that um, even though I provide exact gram measurements of noodles and water and everything, every brand of noodles is a little different. So you can't just throw away your judgment. And this applies (laughs) to any recipe, right? You can follow it to the T, but always remember that your situation, your exact ingredients, your exact stove is not the same as the person who wrote that recipe. So you still have to use your own judgment. For example, I, I recently tried a brand of rice noodles and it was thinner than the brand that I'm used to, which means that it end, it ended up being a little softer and not as chewy as I like to. So mm-hmm. if, if you tried a recipe and that's what happens, then you just reduce the amount of liquid the next time you try it or you soak it in, in less time, yeah. right? So there's always that element as well. It's interesting like um, that I think like North American cooks like really want like a perfect recipe that like, you know, I follow this and, uh, you know, tells me exactly what to do and it's going to come out perfect the first time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, pad thai seems like is, is a dish that uh, really benefits from like making over and over and practicing. Yes, practicing with your exact ingredients. And also the stove is another thing. Your yeah. pan is another thing. Um, if, you're, if you're working with a really weak stove, you're going to have a lot more liquid than someone who's working with a really right. high BTU stove and a lot of evaporation is happening, right? So. Yeah. So again, you can't throw away your judgment. If you follow exactly and it comes out soggy, well, guess what you're going to do next <laughs> <Yep>. time? <laughs> and it's funny you say that, that people want exact recipes. And I see also the opposite end of that is people will tell me, I followed your recipe and it didn't work. And right. I all, I've trained myself to ask them, so what did you do differently? Yes. And then Without fail, they will say, well, I did this and this and this and this. And then, well, okay, (laughs) you didn't quite follow the recipe, but let me figure this out with you. (laughs) And also, I want to add that like most Thai restaurants in America and in Canada, too, I should add, because that's where I am. Mm -hmm. The Pad Thai is not the way it should be. In, in what ways? <laughs> in in every way. <laughs> um, I joke about this with my brother who lives in LA. And and it's like every time we try out a new Thai restaurant, we want to try the Pad Thai just so that we can judge yep. um, how good they are. But at the same time, it's almost the worst dish to pick because chances are it's not going to be very good. Because Pad Thai in its very authentic form is 
complex, as you saw, yeah. a lot of different ingredients. You got to do a lot of sourcing. And it's not easy to make well, so, but most restaurants have to have it because people expect them to have it. So even if this is not something that they're good at, they have to put some right. type of pad thai on the menu. Otherwise, people are going to be like, well, what's going on? Why don't you have pad thai on the menu? So you see things like people using white sugar because it's cheaper yep. or people using vinegar, again, because it's cheaper. Vinegar combina in combination with tamarind, but vinegar has no flavor, yeah. right? Tamarind is so much more richer in flavor. And then you see the ketchup, yep. obviously. If the pad thai is red, it probably has ketchup or I've seen paprika. People do all sorts of things to make it a little more vibrant or they make it really sweet. This is the thing. They make it really sweet in restaurants and it shouldn't be like that. It yeah. should be a good balance of sweet, salty and sour. Um, and so and so one thing is if if you've tried Pad Thai in a Thai restaurant and you don't like it, try making it from my recipe and see if you still don't like it. Yes, I completely agree with this. Mm -hmm. I also endorse that. <laughs> So where can people find you online? So people can find me online on YouTube is my main platform. If you look up Pailin's Kitchen or Hatai Kitchen, I will come up. My website is hataikitchen.com. And on social media, I am Hatai Kitchen everywhere. Well, Pailin Chong Chidnan, thank you so much for being on Spelled Valk. We really appreciate you your expertise. You pronounced that so well. <gasps> thank you. <laughs> I was, could, you, could you tell I, I hesitated for just a moment before saying it? Yes, yes, but you did that so well. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. All right. So what do we need to make pad thai? What goes into making the right tasting sauce? And also, where did you get all this stuff? Did you did you get it all from Uwajamaya? Yes. What did you do? I got everything from Uwajamaya, although there were a couple of, there, there was like one common pad thai ingredient that I was not able to get from Uwajamaya, and I put in a mail order and I'm still waiting on that. But the good thing about pad thai is like we talked about the tasty bits, probably in way too much detail. But uh you know, you want to have those tasty bits in there like uh, dried shrimp, dried radish, little bits of pressed tofu, peanuts, uh, red chili flakes. The good news is there's so many of those bits that you need to have some of them, but you don't need to have all of them. Garlic okay. chives or scallions and pretty much any subset is going to is going to do the job within okay. reason. Okay. Oh, wow. You heard it here first, people. That, that any subset will do the job. Yeah, and I think we should take that out of context. Just any subset. Yeah, um, like if you present your your partner with like just like one, <laughs> one I, I I fucking bailed on this joke <laughs> before. Okay. All right, I didn't okay, have let's... I did not have the guts to present you with this dumb joke about how like you were gonna like you know serve up one testicle for your partner and like. All right. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about serve the, the up basics. was not the right term to use there because that implies. <laughs> <laughs> like tossing it in the air and hitting it really hard. Oh, I was gonna. I was thinking that it was cooked. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, Matthew. Here we go. Uh, I was thinking it was a volleyball. <laughs> no, that's good. And I, I mean, like, if you have one testicle that's the size of a volleyball, like, you need to seek medical attention immediately. All right. So here's what <laughs> if you need. If they're both the size of volleyballs, that's fine. It's only, <laughs> it's only the unevenness. Okay. Here's what you'll need. <laughs> To make pad thai, and I recommend if you if, <laughs> once okay once you've once you've gotten I'm trying to imagine you walking out to get groceries <laughs> with your pig. 
<laughs> it was just a All wheelbarrow, right? right? <laughs> Okay, once you have addressed your, like, any asymmetric gonad situation, then you can start laying in a supply of pod thai ingredients. And I highly recommend ordering from importfood.com. They have been in the Thai ingredient business forever, and they're great. So here's what you'll need. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Dried rice noodles. Uh, These are called gui tiao in in Thai, and you buy them in, in, like, a one pound cellophane wrap pack and two, I, I think like two ounces of dried noodles per serving is perfect. So, now, uh, yes. Hold on. Wait, these come in different thicknesses. Does gui tia, does that imply a certain thickness? It doesn't. It, so they, they have, they come in certain widths, especially because I mean. they're, they're, they're kind of Sorry, a flat noodle mean. and there's, there's like a, uh, the, the one you want is kind of linguini width. That's what I'm picturing. Okay, great. So not vermicelli, definitely not like the super wide ones. Like you'll you'll recognize it. Um, like if you order it online from from import food, they'll tell you which one to get. If you're at a uh, grocery store uh, and looking at the rice noodles, you will recognize it from having eaten pad thai in the past. Perfect. Palm sugar. Uh, you can substitute uh, white or brown sugar, but palm sugar is great. It's made from uh, palm tree sap. Cool. And it comes it comes in like these little. Uh, I was going to say pellets, but that implies smaller, like pucks. They're the texture of kind of slightly dried up brown sugar. And it's really satisfying to take one of these pucks and like shave off like bits. There's that word again. Slices from it with a knife. Go on. Okay. Fish sauce. Uh, you can definitely order this online, but it's probably also available at your super local supermarket, even if it's not an Asian supermarket. Do you have a preferred brand? I like Squid brand, but like I've been buying just what I can get lately, and uh, there d- definitely are different grades of fish sauce. But for something like this, where you're using it in a recipe with lots of other flavorful ingredients, I'm, I'm not saying the quality doesn't matter. But any fish sauce you can turn up is also going to be fine. Sure. Okay. And then tamarind paste. So uh, a tamarind paste I've seen come in in different formats. What are we talking about here? The one you want is the square block. It's, okay. it's a plastic wrapped block of tamarind paste, which uh, is like it's this this sweet and sour paste that's been scooped out of of these pods. It's it's a bean, but instead of eating the beans or the you know the pod like you do with green beans, you eat the pulp that's around the beans. Okay, and am I correct? So some of these different types of tamarind come with what looks like stuff. There, it looks like there is like some sort of solid or semi-solid mm-hmm. mixed in with it that you might need to strain out. Is that the case here? That is the case. So what you do is you cut off a chunk of this, and this is one of the variables that you can't really control uh, in a recipe because you're like you're going to cut off a chunk of a certain size, and then you're going to reconstitute it in, in uh, boiling hot water. And uh, kind of smoosh it around with the spoon and then strain it so that the uh, seeds and fleshy parts stay behind. Okay. And that's how you make your your tamarind water or uh, tamarind uh, seasoning for the for the sauce. Okay. Shallots, I think, are really important. You great. certainly could substitute a yellow onion, but shallots are great, and you can probably get them at your supermarket. So those, I think, are the five most important things. If you want to make a vegetarian pad thai, you can substitute soy sauce and miso for the fish sauce. But other than that, I think rice noodles, palm sugar, fish sauce, tamarind paste, shallots, get those things. Okay. Okay. Great. Next. More, okay. Now we're now we're really getting into the bits. Sweet preserved radish. Uh, it is it's like a salted preserved daikon radish, and it's sort of shaped like a tube sock. 
You can buy it whole, whole dried. It's shaped like a tube sock. Not even a tube sock. You know what it's sort of shaped you like? You mean is it hollow on the inside? It's hollow on the inside. It's shaped. It's shaped sort of like a like a human appendix. Wait a minute. We're talking about the sweet preserved radish, right? Yeah. It's. it's I'm a, trying to picture. It's this. such a cool wow. ingredient. It's it's smaller okay. than a tube sock. Um, it's uh, like when the radish dries. You know, it's, it's like a, it's like a long tubular vegetable, and then it dries into like this this small like. Like you know, appendix, pita pocket type of shape, and you and okay. you chop it up into little bits, or you can also sometimes buy it chopped, and it just it adds like a like a saltiness and a sweetness and a funkiness, and like I I think this is a thing you see a lot in Thai food is like getting a lot of flavorful bits into one mouthful is a big part of Thai cuisine and a great part. Yes, I would say uh, like the greatest part of any cuisine. Yeah, but but I th- I'm I'm not I'm not just being silly. Like I think this is really like like having having super like intensely flavorful bits and like th- there are lots of Thai dishes like like uh, like dips and and yang kam and that sort of thing where where you get to like engineer the perfect mouthful and that's a that that is is what the dish is all about pad thai is like on that continuum i think okay cool i i like that perspective i would have never i wouldn't have framed i wouldn't have known to frame it that way Thanks. that makes a lot I am, of sense i am a framer uh dried <laughs> shrimp you can definitely order this online uh it's it's optional but it adds it adds some some nice fishy funk peanuts unless you're allergic to peanuts very important. Hold on, I have questions. Yep. Roasted or not? I usually, so I am a big fan of uh, Kroger brand uh, roasted salted peanuts in a can. They're inexpensive, they're extremely delicious, and that is what I use for my pot thai. Awesome. All right, carry on. Uh, garlic chives or scallions? Garlic chives you will probably need to go to an Asian grocery to get, um, and they are by far the most common of that type of seasoning used in Thailand. But scallions are also really good. Okay. And then we need eggs, of course. Those are going to be lightly yeah. beaten before you yeah. um, add them you to can the even, pan. You can even, like, you know, cooks in Thailand will usually, like, crack them into the pan and then just kind of stir them in. Okay. Which is All fine. Right. Dried chili flakes. Like, if you want it spicy, great. If you don't want it spicy, that's fine. Pressed tofu is really good. Or, like, if you have some, like, firm tofu, um, just, like, press some of the water out, out of it, cut it into small pieces, and uh, brown it a little in a pan. That's great in Pad Thai. Mm. Uh, and then the one the one ingredient that I think is absolutely essential to pod thai, and unfortunately, like all of these things are things that you can like buy and keep around, either like in the fridge or or in the cupboard, and will last a long time. Bean sprouts, however, like you know, they get slimy and weird almost immediately. And so, what I've been doing is uh, every time I order from Awajamaya, I order a bag of bean sprouts and make pod thai like. The day I get the the delivery, and then again the next day or the day after before the bean sprouts go bad. Okay, good um, strategy. Because the bean sprouts are the ingredient that really uh, lightens lightens isn't even the right word. Like you know, uh, it it just brings the right texture to the yes. whole dish. Yes, I I get that. And and a nice crunch also. I'm getting tired. Okay, we're almost we're almost there. <laughs> Okay. I'm getting hungry. Uh, squeeze of lime, definitely. Okay, so again, I feel like I'm, I'm concerned that, like, because I said you're not going to get it on the first try, and then I just listed 17 ingredients, that people are going to listen to this and be like, okay, cool, I'm never making this. Uh, I'm going to order from my local Thai restaurant. No, please make it. It is so worth it. You know, homemade pad thai, it is 
not at all expensive. You know, these most of these ingredients last a long time and you can lay, lay in a supply. You can make extra sauce, which is just made from uh, the sugar, the tamarind paste and the uh, fish sauce and, uh, you know, and keep it in the fridge. It is so worthwhile to make this at home. Also, I venture to guess that even your like not very good attempts or what you, Matthew, are describing as not very good attempts will still be adored by your family. Yes, definitely. Um, I'm and- definitely the per- the kind of home cook who's like, you know, this didn't come out perfect. Sorry, everybody, which uh, I know is a bad habit. But like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, I, I yeah, I, I think that for most of us, it's going to be perfectly tasty enough on the first go round, and uh, ideally, we'll just get better and better. Yeah, and watch uh, watch Pylin's video, which we'll link to. She covers everything you need to know about how to get the noodles to the right texture. Cool. Oops, sorry, I just hit the mic. Well, that that was your mic drop, and luckily, I've just <laughs> run out of things to say about pot thai. Oh, yay. No. Uh, did I mean that? No, I didn't mean that. I meant um, this she was a great, meant it. I meant that this was a great episode and <laughs> it just made me hungry and sleepy. I know. Yeah, I. OK, I'm, I'm going to make this definitely within the, within the next couple of days. Maybe. Yeah. Like you're coming by today. I'm not going to make it today. Maybe but... I should hold off on coming by. You could. Well, let's let's stay in touch. Okay. Yes, you Molly, know, let's stay in touch. Let's maybe let's, even do another episode of this show someday. We'll see how this one, how people like touch, this one. And, and as usual, our listeners won't be able to have any, but they're used to it by now. Yep. Okay. So uh, find us online at uh, SpilledMilkPodcast.com and Facebook.com slash SpilledMilkPodcast. What do we want to know about uh, our listeners and their pod tie experience? Hmm. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know, Matthew. Here's what I would like. To, one thing I would love to know: if uh, if you grew up with uh, one or both of your parents making this dish and they taught you how to make it, I would love to hear like how how this dish is taught. Ooh. Because uh, don't feel compelled, but if uh, if this describes you, I would love to hear about this, and I bet we have some listeners for whom this is true. I was just thinking the other day about um, my my host mother when I was in college in France making her vinaigrette right in the bottom of the salad bowl before she added the lettuce on top. Oh, did she do it table side? She did not do it table side. She did it stove side. Okay, that's fair. Anyway, I, I think if you I, make your salad stove side, it might get kind of warm. Anyway, no, it was just the bowl. She oh, just the bowl the, was stove. She side. hadn't put the dressing in yet. But I, I still think about like how her method was so different from what I do. And and yet she took great pains like to teach me that. And it was how she made it every night. And I like to imagine her kids making it now as grown ups. Yeah. So anyway, I'm uh, yeah, I'm curious to hear how um they put a bowl on the stove. They turn it on to about medium heat. <laughs> yeah, add a little bit of mustard. Uh huh. Bowl starts to melt. Then your tamarind and <laughs> and don't turn your back on your bean sprouts. Don't turn your back on your bean sprouts. I'm Matthew Amsterburton. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. I'm falling apart. Uh, oh, also our producer is Abby Circatella, and you can find us on Instagram. Bye. All right. <laughs> well, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 